So who do we trust, huh? Like always, me and Dee. Another postcard with chimpanzees. <laughs> nice cold open. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Me and the N3, a Starsky and Hutch fan podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Rachel. And I'm Monica. And I might have pneumonia, so don't mind my voice. I don't think she has pneumonia, but there's definitely some coughing happening in this household. Also, hello from... It's been a long time. We have been very busy. I am in academia, and the end of the school year was very stressful. But that's over now, and it's summer. We were riding in the car to... Was it to Wiscon? To Wiscon, yes. Our, our local convention, and a song came on that was a Bare Naked Ladies song that neither Jen nor I were familiar with. But we suddenly sat up and took notice when Starsky and Hutch were mentioned. It's uh, another postcard, which apparently came out in 2003. And it is a song about a person who keeps receiving postcards of chimpanzees from an unknown sender. It is not a particularly remarkable song, but among the very many different kinds of chimps that he receives, he receives some Starsky and Hutch chimps. Which I honestly think is a pretty beautiful mental image. Yeah, I, I picture the Starsky chimp wearing the big Starsky sweater. The hot chimp probably in the leather jacket. Um, but maybe also in a black turtleneck in the brown leather jacket. Ooh, yeah. I don't think chimps would be any worse drivers than Starsky and Hutch are. So I could definitely see them driving the Torino. Oh my gosh, that's like a legit... Okay, so, like, what, this song came out, like, a year after the movie or something like that? year before, I think. I thought it was 2002 was the movie. Was it 2004 the it movie? It was 2004. Oh, okay, well, anyway. Either way, that's something that I feel like, like, SNL would do to, like, promote the movie or something back when it would have been coming out. I don't know. They would have done something weird like that. Possibly. Apparently this song was used for the movie Space Chimps, which is a movie I certainly do not remember and I don't think anyone else in the world has. So that was fun. That was a nice spotting of Starsky and Hutch in the wild. Which in the wild. In what? Chimpanzees. Chimpanzees. <laughs> the wild. I get it. Good joke. Good joke. <laughs> you don't have to patronize me. <laughs> I'm not patronizing you. <laughs> Another place that we encountered Starsky and Hutch in the wild was in an episode of uh, the Welsh comedian Rod Gilbert's radio show from BBC Wales. Since we've made our podcast available on iTunes, I've sometimes searched the iTunes podcast store for anything with the term Starsky and Hutch. And you get a wide, weird variety of stuff. In fact, I think Rachel did it before I did, uh, searched those terms, and found that there was a Baptist sermon. Yeah. Uh, I actually listened to it. It had nothing to do with Starsky and Hutch, uh, so I don't recommend listening to that. 
That's probably for the best. <laughs> it, I mean, it was like, um, it was about uh, friend, like friendships in the Bible, and there were like, oh, this friendship between these two apostles was so close, like Starsky and Hutch, and that was like literally it. They just name dropped Starsky and Hutch, and then named the episode that, despite the fact that it was about. And I don't remember which which uh, Bible I mean, characters the friendship was between. But... If they wanted to talk about Jonathan and David, I'd be into that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that? Uh, and there have been interviews. There there are podcasts that have interviewed Paul Michael Glazer and Antonio Fargus. So some of those come up. A lot of them are about cars. Uh, so I haven't listened to most of those. I did listen to an interview with Antonio Fargus about some like movies he's been in recently. That was pretty good. And then this Rod Gilbert thing, when I first downloaded it, I didn't really know who he was other than a radio uh, personality, but Jen and I have been watching a TV show called Taskmaster, and he was a guest on a season of Taskmaster, so now feeling like I had a concept of his personality, we listened to it. And it didn't actually have a lot to do with Starsky and Hutch, a lot of it was just them talking about how they were tired and hungover from a charity party and couldn't be bothered about anything. And uh, one of them uh, said that he likes to listen to the bangles when he's feeling tender, and then asked a guest who he listened to when he was feeling tender. Or not a guest, I don't know. His co-host. His co-host, and the co-host said David Soul. <laughs> and then they started talking about how David Soul had hurt his back during Starsky and Hutch, and they spent a lot of time arguing over whether or not they slid across the bonnet of the car in Starsky and Hutch, or if that was in other TV shows. And they, at one point, seemed to assume that Hutch would jump out of a window onto the hood of a car every episode, <laughs> which would be a good reason for hurting your back. I think th I think that was partly a joke that he does it, that that clip is used in the opening sequence. So when they were like, oh, he does it every week. I think that was a joke in that it's in the opening sequence every week. But I don't know if everyone actually understood the joke in the radio studio because they were with some other people and at least one of them was much younger. Yeah. But they were correct about David Soul's back problems. They were incorrect about the model of the Torino. They said Gran Turismo, but these things happen. Uh, it wasn't a very in-depth conversation, but Rod Gilbert was talking about how his co-host had a very David Soul style, a lot of leather jackets with really large lapels and that kind of thing. Uh, so it was a, a nice little a conversation uh, about Starsky and Hutch, and they clearly had a fondness for it. I think it was, yes, that was the other part. At one point, Rod Gilbert talked about being a fan of the show when he was a little kid, and he really, really wanted a Starsky and Hutch t-shirt. And his parents got him a Starsky and Hutch t-shirt, and he was very happy, but then it said his name on the bottom of it. Oh my gosh. Which took it from very cool to very not cool, and he was very mad at his parents as, like, an eight-year-old. <laughs> Understandable. Why would they said, do that? Rodri at the bottom. Oh. I feel so sorry for him. That just reminds me of an Onion article that has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it was about someone who never got the gifts he wanted from his parents. So finally he was like, all I want is the Matrix on DVD. And then they got it for him, but it was full screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, but that's true, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people know that feel where you're trying to be very specific so someone can't go wrong and then they find a way to go wrong. Yeah. That just makes me think of that uh, viral story that we saw where a mother ordered her daughter a t-shirt from a Chinese retailer of a picture of Frog and Toad on their bicycle and it arrived, but instead of just the picture of Frog and Toad, underneath the picture it said, fuck the police. I mean, Toad's there. <laughs> and there's this beautiful picture online of a three-year-old girl smiling wearing this t-shirt that says, fuck the police. Um, <laughs> and every response that I saw online was people asking if they could find it in adult sizes. <laughs> I mean, it's Pride Month. Be gay. Do crime. Yeah, it's true. Sasuke and Hutch like to be gay and stop crime. I mean, yes, they're they're the anomalies. For the sake of this <laughs> podcast, we're not going to say fuck the police. We're going to say the police should be fucking. I mean, isn't that the point? <laughs> <laughs> Sasuke and Hutch should fuck the police. Yes. If by that you mean each other. Yes. Uh, and I just said fuck a lot. I am sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we're marked explicit. It is probably more than most in, of our episodes, but... You're not going to shock anyone. We do talk about porn, so hopefully a little profanity won't be a problem. I mean, I hope not. So the other thing that we did lately, this time intentionally, was watch Huggy Can't Go Home, which is the very last episode of Starsky and Hutch that Rachel had not yet seen. Rachel has now seen the whole series. There are still some episodes that Monica and I have never watched. Well, there's a lot of episodes that I've never watched. Monica only has a couple. Uh, I'm the lazy one in this podcast, as I've made quite clear. So, Rachel, how does it feel to be done? A little sad. It was like, so I haven't watched, well, I haven't watched a new episode of Starsky and Hutch in a real long time, obviously. So this was, you know, the last of it. And it was like, when it started up, it had such like a nice, comfy, comfortable feeling. Like, being like, oh, I like this show a lot and I love it. And it's so nice to watch and it was really nice to see new stuff and now it's over and now there's nothing new ever <laughs> it's just really sad you know a lot of my favorite tv shows i never actually finished Same. and i i think it's kind of like that you just don't want to be completely done with it or it's the the tv show just went on and on and on and like smallville there's a good reason i never finished watching smallville one day we'll finish smallville that is on my bucket list but um yeah no it took me five years to finish like one of my favorite like five years after the last book came out to finish a favorite book series of mine because i didn't want it to end but then of course i read it and it was amazing and i'm like why did i wait five years to experience this amazingness but you know it was still sad that it was over you know but then she did a sequel series and that was okay (laughs) I think that's a pretty common sentiment. Uh, I definitely put off watching the last season of Orphan Black for quite a while because I didn't want it to be over. But it's interesting that this idea of something being over is so uncertain in the current media environment. People watching the last episode of Dallas decades ago were ready for weren't ready for it to be over, perhaps, but then it came back and Boy Meets World came back and Full House came back and a lot of other things have come back. And obviously Starsky and Hutch is not likely to have a continuation 
Um, but who knows? It could get rebooted at some point. That's still a possibility, even if the James Gunn version, honestly, thankfully, uh, did not get made. So maybe there will be more in the future. Everything old is new again. It's a monkey's paw situation because... A chimpanzee's paw, perhaps? Perhaps, (laughs) because I feel that more often than not, the continuation is not really looked at that fondly. And obviously, there are going to be some fans who love it and some who hate it. That's just how it goes. But uh, as a big X-Files fan, (laughs) I, I... watched one episode of the new X-Files series and then just couldn't really watch more. It it did not feel good to me. So, obviously Starsky and Hutch isn't the same. I never watched it as it aired. I wasn't alive. Uh, And if they did bring it back, it would almost certainly be a reboot with completely new actors uh, because I I don't know. Like, you you can't do Starsky and Hutch if it's... If they're not cops, I don't think. I mean, we would watch a show that's just old married Starsky and Hutch living their retired lives together, but I'm... no one's going to make that show. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you phrased it because I wasn't sure how to say that I would love that. I would watch Paul Michael Glazer and David Sol and Antonio Vargas hanging out as part of a TV show where they're retired and just chilling, just chilling, helping out their community in whatever ways they can. And But no... For watching Huggy Can't Go Home, I was kind of hoping that we could get some themed snacks. It didn't actually happen, but after the fact, I realized bear claws. We could have had bear claws. Um, We do have gummy bears. We do. So we could have gummy bears. We were browsing the liquor store for any bear-themed liquor or wine. And we didn't find any, we didn't look that hard because we were on a time crunch. Uh, But if anyone has good suggestions for bear-themed snacks or drinks for watching a Huggy Bear-centric episode. I listen to other podcasts that do a themed cocktail every week, and I really feel like we could do that as well. Have some kind of uh, cocktail themed after the different characters or situations. We almost bought some more Sweet Revenge liqueur. Because that stuff is tasty and thematically appropriate. We could put some gummy bears and some vodka <laughs> and have fun with that. So what did we think of the actual episode? I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, it gave me a lot of huggy feels. And I really enjoyed the scene, like, both, you know, more huggy backstory and also, like, you know, this dilemma that he got put in... You know, because, like, Starsky and Hutch are his friends, and this is, like, his current life. But, like, JT, his mentor, definitely made a point of, like, you know, you have the life you had because I helped you out. And so I, I, you know, he kind of blackmailed him a little bit, I guess. Well, maybe not blackmails the word. Guilted him into it. You know, because Huggy clearly didn't want to go after, you know, the money. So I really liked seeing, you know, that, that struggle for Huggy, you know? And I liked the sort of honesty in the depiction of this world that he came from. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't I don't know how realistic it was because I am not an expert on black L.A. communities in the 1970s. But it felt very even handed. It felt 
vibrant and alive and I love that it opened up with the sex worker saying why don't they ever arrest any of these blue-eyed johns um this idea that there is an inherent inequality in how sex workers are treated versus the largely white men uh who uh pay them and I don't always expect a lot uh, out of television shows, especially from the 70s, on the subjects of race and poverty and gender, and so that was a really nice note to start things off with. I will say that this TV show loves its hardened, wizened children. Uh, (laughs) You see a lot of them from, you know, the character in Little Girl Lost, but the the little kids in this episode, the one that Starsky is talking to, the the newspaper boy. Yeah. That was the one Starsky is talking to, and uh, how uh, Starsky complains that he conned him out of two fudgesicles, but clearly Starsky wanted to buy him fudgesicles and talk to him. At one point I yelled, give Starsky a child! (laughs) He just, he needs to raise kids. I mean, Hutch too. Hutch too? They need kids. They do. They do. I realized that, like, formal adoption for the two of them would probably be impossible in this era, but they could just accidentally adopt a child. They kind of have. They kind of have (laughs) several times. It could just stick at one point. I like that little kid. I think... Starsky's parting message that, like, he was probably going to wind up having to arrest him in 10 years was really depressing, but also probably accurate given the circumstances. I don't know. It was it was a complicated scene. It also felt like sort of a weird, like, almost Sesame Street situation, because you have this adult and this kid sitting on some, like, steps in an urban environment talking about life, except it's going in bad directions or sad directions at least I don't know I don't know if the show expected us to take the kid that seriously (laughs) he obviously had an affectation of toughness he probably isn't that's true that tough I I, I think the show wanted us to find it funny and although there's certainly something kind of sad underneath the humor there I don't think we were expected to actually think Starsky's gonna arrest this kid in 10 years I hope so And I do like a wisecracking Newsie. That's my brand. (laughs) I I really liked, I mean, you know, speaking of both the sex worker and the the newspaper boy, like how, like, nice Huggy was in this episode, you know? It's like he didn't have to bail her out, you know? But that's, like, that's what it opens with is, you know, that he bailed her out. And then he helps the kid uh, pick up the papers and pays for the ones that were ruined. You know, it's like... Huggy's a really good dude. And I just, like, I really, like, appreciated seeing them. Because so often we see him in these very humorous hustle of the week scenarios. So it was nice to just see him helping people out where he could. And I loved Coraline. Was that her name? Coralie. Coralie. I loved her so much. Yes. She's so great. I could have done without the fat shaming of her. But also, she didn't give a fuck. (laughs) And I appreciated that. And she also didn't care when Huggy was like, no, you can't join me. And he, she's like, I know things and you don't and I'm coming with you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not actually, I, I have no argument against that. I would watch a whole show about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her too. I didn't like the fact that they wrote her as like fainting when Huggy got knocked unconscious. But they showed her with so much spunk and initiative before then like when she 
realizes that, and I've forgotten all the characters' names, but that one uh, white dude. Dolphin. Dolphin, okay. How did I forget that? His name was Dolphin. When she realized Dolphin was going to uh, be the ticket to leading her to the stolen money, she right away jumps on her bike and follows him. Uh, So I love that. And then I feel like they kind of dropped her character a little bit when they had her faint. Um, But she really was delightful. And I I think it wasn't unreasonable in that situation because she'd heard gunshots and then she saw Huggy on the floor. She didn't know if he'd been shot or if he was alive. And this is someone that she cares about. This is someone who she almost took the virginity of, apparently, according to the, (laughs) the tag, and who she just reunited with. And she thinks that she has led him to getting killed i I think that that's something that would be severe emotional trauma yeah it could it could be worse that's true it's not that she fainted for no reason right and there are so many side characters who are great like that random person who kept looking over as cora and huggy were kissing uh i mean she cora was kissing huggy i guess is a more (laughs) accurate description and huggy's like do you mind to that random guy and (laughs) Uh, that woman that Dolphin was, like, trying to talk to and she was just ignoring him. That I liked her, too. There are some strange staging and uh, filming choices made in this episode, and David Soule directed this episode, so I assume he made these choices, including the choice to have Hutch just sitting on the lid of his car waiting for <laughs> Starsky to pull up. Did he wanted to look cool. Car? Or did he say hood? I, I said lid. <laughs> Cars of lids. I don't know. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you have a car with a seat right there. Why are you sitting on top of it? David Soul, you have a bad back. This is a bad life choice. He wanted he wanted to entice Starsky. He's like, let me spread my legs on top of this car. <laughs> the thing is, what Hutch didn't think through was that, like, Starsky is not going anywhere near Hutch on that car. That <laughs> Torino, then yeah, but I like that they took Hutch's car to chase the bad guy because it would be less conspicuous, and then they caused a massive traffic jam and like completely <laughs> ruined everything. I'm still not sure how that traffic jam happened. Like I, I guess I had turned away from the TV for a second, and then when I looked back, they were yelling at a bus, and like it's just I don't know what happened there. It was very confusing. None of those cars were doing what they were supposed to be doing. I was really struck by by the line, because um, there was that kid who drove. You know, he very much wanted to go in and help Huggy, and Huggy told him that, you know, he was the one who owed JT, and this kid wasn't. Yet. And it was just like, I don't know, it just, it just really struck me, and it was like sort of this like subtle warning that Huggy was giving, like even though like I'm sure he has a lot of fondness for JT, you know, being like, don't, don't get involved in this kind of stuff, you know? And it was just, I was, it was just more huggy feels. Just all the huggy feels all over the place. It was a really good huggy episode. And I really liked how conflicted Starsky and Hutch were about knowing that Huggy was lying to them, knowing that Huggy was involved in this thing that they were seeking out and wanting to find a way to stop the bad guy without hurting their friend. And I liked... When Dobie was like, I don't know what your relationship with him is, but if you don't do this, you're going to be beat cops again. 
Which to me implied, I know that he's the third in your relationship, <laughs> but I, you gotta do this. I believe firmly that Dobie knows everything. He wishes he didn't. Uh, but Dobie knows. Speaking of Dobie, we didn't mention that the actor who played JT, Richard Ward, was the original Dobie, uh, which Monica noticed, uh, which is really cool. He has a very distinctive voice. Yeah, it was his voice mostly that I remembered from the pilot episode. Very gravelly. I do think overall hiring Bernie Hamilton was a a good idea, and I think that I like his Dobie much better. He's a much gentler figure, largely because of his voice. Not to say anything about this other actor, he may be a very gentle human being, but the gruffness of his voice um, lends itself better to characters like JT. Uh, and I was glad that they brought him back. Oh, this is really sad. This is one of his last acting credits because he died in July 1979. Oh, wow. So. That is sad. So about a year ago or so, we did an episode on alternate universes. And I think at the time I said that there actually weren't a lot of alternate universe fanfic in Starsky and Hutch fandom. And... Although I think that's still true proportionally, because there are certainly fandoms where the majority of the fic is alternate universe. In the past year, I've come across quite a bit more AU fic. And so I did want to rescind that statement slightly, that there is actually a fair amount of AU fic in Starsky and Hutch fandom. And one author that I've discovered recently is Hutchian Starsk. It looks like uh, that author was writing about um, 15 years ago, and they've written a fair amount of uh, fic that is set in Starsky and Hutch's time and place, so not alternate universe, but they do have some uh, very long, interesting, and kind of unique AU fic, and I did want to mention a couple. The first one I wanted to mention is called Hutch and the Merman, because <laughs> we did talk about a a mer AU, and we talked about how we could picture Starsky as a trash mermaid in the East River. And Starsky is not a trash mermaid in this fic, but he is a merman, and Hutch uh, falls off a ship, and Starsky saves him, but in saving him, kind of traps him underwater. Uh, it's a really interesting story. A lot of it is completely dialogue-free, because when Hutch is underwater, he and the mer people cannot speak at all and so it's sort of lyrical and uh you never quite know what's going on and there are definitely a, f a fair few twists and turns uh hutch does end up going to the surface again and then starsky ends up following him there and i don't want to give away too much in case anyone doesn't want to be spoiled but I do recommend Hutch and the Merman for a very different kind of Starsky and Hutch story. The other one is Hutch's Hands. And this one's interesting because it actually starts out like canonical pre-series fic. It's them at the Academy together. And it's kind of how you would expect Academy fic to go. So the alternate universe elements are kind of introduced a bit later where it turns out that Hutch has healing powers. He comes from a family that all have various powers, a lot of them sort of mind control type powers. And 
This story, it's long. It does a lot of things, so it's kind of hard to summarize the story, but I think the basic summary is that Starsky finds out that this kid at the police academy has a special healing powers and how that affects their relationship and the fact that Hutch's family is really dark and creepy also is a big plot point. Uh, this fic goes to some really dark places. I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, I, I feel like it could make some people kind of squeamish, but it definitely is sort of a dark take on secret superpowers and incorporating canon elements into an alternate universe with sort of magical elements. So I really liked that. Is this the one you described to me and I said that sounds a little get out? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully that's not too big of a spoiler. I'm being very vague here. Uh, but that level of creepiness. Yeah. And I like the way the author writes creepy because when you write creepy without acknowledging it straight on, but you just are describing things and let the reader like really feel how wrong they are without coming out and saying it. I think that's really effective and the author does that well. I think I'll have to check these out. They sound really compelling. Yeah, I think you would especially like Hutch's Hands because I know you like dark fic yes. and I think you would like the darkness that that fic has. Nice. So those are my two recs for today. I've actually read a lot of fic lately and uh, I definitely will have more recs. Um, I just I forget to write stuff down, but there's so much good fic out there. This fandom is a wealth of fan fiction. Speaking of, of fic and art, I just wanted to give a little shout out that, uh, what was it, May 1st, I think, was the go-ahead for everyone who participated in the ShareCon 2018 zine to post their works, yes. and I've seen a lot of those going up, and so, like, congratulations to everyone who participated in the zine. That's really exciting. Yeah, and I want to say that maybe... July 1st is the due date for this year's zine, I think. Let me fact check that really quick. While Monica's fact checking, I will say, speaking of zines, that I, uh, as part of my teaching, taught a day on fandom. And I brought in some of Monica's uh, zines and letter zines to show my students to talk about the history of fandom. And they must have absorbed it at least a little bit because there were definitely some final exams that uh, wound up mentioning Starsky and Hutch and fanzines when they were asked about uh, fandom in an essay question. So I feel like I am keeping the spirit of this fandom alive through a very young generation who uh, may not know much about the show at all. That's good work. Deadline for submissions is July 1st, 2019. So yeah. Right, right, right. Or draw, draw, draw. Or puzzle, puzzle, puzzle. <laughs> yes. I love the puzzles in last year's Shere Khan zine. We went down a rabbit hole of just doing nothing but nonograms for about a month after it's looking true. at that zine. It's true. I had never done a nonogram before. They're fun. Any final Sturski and Hutch thoughts for today? I don't think so. I think I am going to stick some gummy bears and some vodka and see what happens. <laughs> That's a reasonable life choice. I think that my final thought is that I, f I feel like the next episode we should do maybe would be uh, the mixtape episode. If Sounds you're okay good. With this. I'm totally into that. Yeah. I figured Jen would be since she's the one who suggested it initially. 
I got one sock so far. You only Excellent. need one more. <laughs> you can do it. And we definitely have more stuff we can talk about. Jen is going home pretty soon, so uh, that might mean that we wait a while or we might do a Skype episode where we are not in the same room. We've done it before and I'm totally willing to participate. I'll make sure to bring my microphone home. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's about all. Uh, if you want to chat with us, you can always email us at me and the and three at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at me the three. And our website is me and the and three dot com. Bye. Bye. You can't imagine so many monkeys in the Daily Mail And all of them coming anonymously so they leave no trail Never thought I'd have an admirer from overseas But somebody sent me stationery filled with chimpanzees Some chimps in swimsuits Some chimps are swinging from a vine Some chimps in jack boots Some chimps that wish they could be my Sarsky and Hutch chimps A chimp who's sitting on the can A pair of Dutch chimps Who send their love from Amsterdam Another bus ride Let's not start our podcast by talking about the weather. We do that way too often.